Good afternoon, good evening, good metal. My name's Cooper and welcome to the Spoken Metal Show. On Monday, I got the chance to say that in front of a, a, a live audience at the first ever Liverpool Metal Music Conference. And what you're going to listen to this episode is that conference. I recorded it as best I could. Um, I'll get into the kind of the, the, the sort of the backstory behind it in a second. So there's, it's not a perfect recording by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, it's a real recording. It's it's recording unedited of exactly what happened and exactly what we talked about. And I kind of prefaced the whole thing at the at the show itself by explaining that we we weren't going to get everything sorted in in one in, in one sitting. It wasn't like let's come together and in an hour we're going to sort metal out. It it wasn't it wasn't about that. It was very much to start looking at the things that we can actually do on a single and personal basis and as a band and as promoters and as crew and everything as what we can do to actually start to you know look after and support our scene everybody always says support live music support your scenes and and it's yes it can be as simple as going to a show but there's many more sort of levels to that certainly from promotion points of views and, and and people at own venues as well and so it was really just a starting point I I felt it needed to happen, and Peter Guy felt it needed to happen, as did Andy and Deathwave felt it needed to happen because they put that event on, and just like I'll I'll kind of work through the sort of backstory to it and uh, and and kind of how we we got to here. So I do a podcast. You're listening to it now, where I talk about metal and I talk about it quite passionately about music as how how very important it is as culturally and artistically, and how it can help people, um, you know. With, with issues and problems and and how it's just it's a really beautiful and great thing and I talked about a lot and very rarely do you get the opportunity to kind of get a hill to die on you know very rarely do you find that you you talk about something and then someone goes okay put up or shut up you know if you if you do you, do you really want to change things or do you just want to fucking talk about it or you just want to be one of those people we all know them on the internet who just raise all these problems and never come up with solutions and never kind of so. I was like, no, I I want to be I want to be someone who kind of actively says what I fucking mean and and tries to get things done, and then so Peter a- approached me and said, you know, do do you feel like hosting this event? And I thought I was woefully underprepared and woefully kind of not, but obviously I must talk with some passion and that covers some bases. He sent me the list of of the people on on the panel that I thought was really interesting. And great sort of demographic of what was going on. By no means perfect. A lot of people pointed out that there wasn't representatives of this, there wasn't representatives of that. We're never going to get everybody. It'd be like, you know, 100 people on, on that stage. So we got a, 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 a microcosm, some may say, of, of people for, for the show. And the show was the uh, Pale Horse named Death, um, called Death on Show. Um, with with arms and uh, and 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 Maru and 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 what have you and and it was a that show was going to happen anyway. But um, Andy was like, okay, well, why don't we do this conference thing for the an hour or so beforehand? And it, that raises a number of problems. Um, most notably being that you've got all bands and and there's there's obviously everybody's aware that there's a whole sort of portion before the crowd even gets there where people sound check and stuff and people have to arrive and you know kind of do the things that these obviously a show doesn't doesn't spring up from nowhere so there's all this kind of pre-production if you will before you get to the show and we've somehow got a slot in where we're going to be sitting a table and microphones and things like that and how we're going to do it and so that becomes quite a challenge and it and it went right to the wire where we made some decisions we were going to have a table and sit around it or, or behind it like you would a panel but we were like, okay, let's let's let we well, let's remove that because there was pedal boards and stuff in the way, and let's just have a, a whole load of chairs, and we'll mic up, we'll have a mic that we we pass around. It's not ideal, but that's the whole point of metal, and it's the whole point of that kind of punk and metal sort of ethos is you just get it done, just just DIY it, whatever you need to do. So we did that, and I think it worked quite well. Um, I think it, it will. It was never going to be enough time. I I think we reckoned it about forty five minutes of conversation and, and questions, and then open it to the floor, which I thought was yielded some 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 of the best stuff as you'll listen to on on the show. And so we kind of went through as much as 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 we could as as a starting point. So it was never going to be you walking away with here's a list of things to do to support your scene. I tried to steer some things to that so we could at least get some positivity for it and that was the key thing that I wanted to get across I wanted it to be a positive experience even when we announced it there was people who were who had some negative comments about that it's the internet you're going to get that 
And to those people that were, were negative about it, why do we even need it? It's never going to get anything sorted. That's okay. And you can, if that's what you want to do, then, you know, that's that's fair enough. But I want to be on, on the right side of this, I believe. And I want to get these things kind of looked at. I want to say these things, I mean, metal and, and supporting the scene and supporting music and how we can help young bands and how we can help existing bands and how what's the route and the roadmap to becoming a headliner of, I don't know, Bloodstock or whatever. Is. What is that route? Well, you know, let, let's, let's, let's sort of enable that and help that. And so I want to be on the side that's like, you know what, there's some things that I'm not happy with and we'll, through through discourse and, and conversation and, and, and communication, we'll sort these things out and move and move it, move it forward instead of dying in this mire of negativity. So it was always going to be from a positive out, outlook. Now, some of the people on the panel I've known for a long, long time, JJ, known for a long, long time, and he was extremely animated. He was extremely animated because he was extremely passionate about it. Joe uh, from Oceanus, uh, another guy I've known a long, long time, and he was extremely articulate, and I thought really interesting points he was bringing up. Um, Amanda Barnett, I'd not met before, so uh, the, the best thing I could do was completely fuck up her introduction. Amanda, I'm very sorry about that, but uh, yeah, but that these these are, I'm just going by my notes, unfortunately. And I'm, so it's, but it's on me, so I'm going to get Amanda on the show. As I'm going to have all the panel on the show, eventually everybody's going to go on there, and we can talk about it at length for two hours, Joe Rogan style, do it three, three hours or whatever, and talk at length about some of these issues um, then we had Ned, Ned Hassan and, and Ned was, was, is a fascinating individual um, certainly you know he's published and, and, and wrote an awful lot about about metal as well hugely knowledgeable hugely knowledgeable and then Peter Guy you know it was interesting because he kind of was able to stand to the side of 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 metal and approach it like you know bringing other factors about how other genres in music were, were kind of and I thought that was really instructive and really useful as well and I know you're you listening now. You go, okay, shut the fuck up, Cooper, and let's get on straight to what we're going on, and we'll get there. Um, I just need to answer, uh, address some of the things here. So, some of the things that were raised were were valid points, and there was a, you know there was a, almost uh, arguments taking place and stuff. But that was because I think everybody in the room give a fuck about what was going on, and um, and afterwards, uh, it was really interesting for me because I was interviewed by the press by several people from the 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 the, the, the local press. And I've never had that before. I've ran it. I've had work work with bands and had to you know corral press people around and stuff like that. Even when I was in a band myself, I'm I'm never good enough. I don't know to to necessarily be interviewed. But I was interviewed, and one of the first guys that sat down with me to interview, he goes, um, "That was quite some call to arms." And I'll link the 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 the, the article when it when it goes up. He was he's seen it as a call to arms, and I thought that's fantastic that he did he saw it that way, and I thought that was very inspirational, and so I had to kind of talk, like I say, I found my hill to die on. I had to talk about it. People were like, well, okay, then why should we do this? And okay, then why do you believe this? And okay, then what should we do? And and I and I had to come up with an answer. It was one of those moments where you kind of, okay, you know, you, you talk a good game, Coop. Let's fucking let's let's see it, and so. What was interesting is afterwards as well, I was approached by a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people that kind of um, came up and told me very, very positive things. Some people said, I, I wished it was longer. I wish we could have listened to more, wish we could have more questions and, and what have you. So there clearly is a need for this. Clearly there's a need for this. Um, but everybody was, and this is members of people in bands that weren't from this area or even this country who told me that they're going to go away and do similar things within their community and that's what it's all about. So when will the next one be? Who knows? Um, who knows? It's definitely coming. Um, I've definitely been presented with some fantastic opportunities here and and I my dance card has suddenly got extremely full because there's a lot of people who go, okay, you're saying you're one of the spokespeople of metal in your area. We're going to come to you. We've got some questions. And, and you could, if you wanted to, hide away again and fight on the internet about it. Or it could just go and start getting it done. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start going and getting it done. So this episode now, uh, which we'll finally get to, you'll be like, fucking hell. You know what I mean? It's like when, when you listen to podcasts and you have endless fucking uh, things about their adverts. Well, that's not going to happen here. But... I'll get to the podcast in a, in a second, get to the live show in a second, but I just simply wanted to say this. Thank you to all the crew and the organisers and Andy and, and, and Peter for making that happen because it was important and it was culturally important and significant as well. It's a start. 
and that's where we're going to go from from there. There's some people that had said on the internet, Jesus, uh, that it was like it, these things are never going to be sorted. Well, that's a fucking great attitude. Uh, we're never going to sort these problems. Okay, well, let's le- never tackle them. I think we can agree that that's nonsense. That we have to at least look at these things. So I encourage you to message me. I encourage you to message the show and leave comments and stuff. And just come at this to come at this. If you're coming at me with a problem, try and come up with some solutions as well. Let's try and have a discuss. I doesn't you know the whole point of this is to is the metal is explored and kind of and, and nurtured. So let's talk. Let's have a conversation about this. You know, let's continue the conference on in the form of, of this podcast. Let's t- who do I need to talk to? Who which bands haven't I talked to that I need to get their opinion of? Who do I need to explore and kind of and get on the show? I've got a massive list now after off the back of the of, of this this conference. So who do I need to talk to? As always, you know, message, kind of link this into other people so they can hear it as well. Even if they're not into metal. I think we've been brought up to some fabulous points brought up. Once again, I apologize for the quality of the sound. That's the way it is. Would you rather not have this or have it with like a bit ropey sound every now and again? I know what I'd like. I think that's one of the things that will work on it, the production of it. And we'll probably film it next time as well because was, I thought it was interesting as well. So let's get right into it. This is the first ever Liverpool... Li- See, I'm I'm shit at introductions. I don't know why I was even hosting sometimes. Like, I'm really poor. It's because I care. And I'll tell you one thing I noticed. I was talking really, really fast on it as well, as I often do. That's a racing mind, isn't it? Um, so... Here it is, Liverpool Metal Music Conference, the first ever one, an inaugural one, um, a phase one. We'll just get straight into it. And I suppose the most obvious first question, I'll pose it back to this to JJ. Seems to Does Liverpool have a metal community? Is it represented and supported and kind of, you know, connected? Well, um, even everybody, I'm going to say most of it's probably in Manchester tonight watching Machine Man do the 25th birthday show. So, do you know what I mean? What a, what a great night to be here. To be honest with you, yeah, it always has. It always will do. From I, I first came into the city in the early 90s. I, I remember coming in here and I was doing gigs over in North Wales. Came over with something called the Syndicate. We did kind of Napalm Death, Obituary and all that kind of stuff back in the early days. And it was virgin then. It was, you know, it was really, really good. And we were doing stuff downstairs, Grove Hall Theatre, on a little stage. So even then, it was... Just the same, it hasn't changed. And then, okay, it might have got a bit bigger and you know, clubs came, but yeah, the, the community has always, always remained. What has changed for me is back then it was us against them. It was, you know, everybody was on the outside who wasn't into metal or rock, fuck them. It was us against them. Now I see in the modern age, it's us against us. And that's kind of what concerns me, and what I see as the bigger, bigger problem is people arguing that Marilyn Manson isn't metal, so and so isn't rock, blah blah blah. Does it really matter? Is, is that kind of the elite? I'll allude to this later on. Was that, that the elitism? Okay, I think that's a valid, you know, valid point. I'm interested in what Ned thinks about the, the scene itself. So, that, what I've seen you've wrote about uh, other things outside the scene. What about for Liverpool? Um, I think it's a deceptively complicated question, to be honest, because on the one hand you can say, yes, Liverpool does have a a metal community, but I think in our heads, when we think of the word community, we often think of it in quite sort of um, celebratory ways, as if it's something harmonious. But I've been doing research since 2015 into metal on Merseyside, and I think what happens is that a number of people have very different perspectives on what the the Liverpool metal community is all about. Uh, It seems to be fairly fragmented, if I'm honest. Um, You know, you could talk about, you know, you could go in the Swan, for example, which has been an institution in this city for, for, you know, as long as people can remember and see lots of the same faces, but would you necessarily see those those faces going to, say, one of Andy's black metal gigs? Or would you see those faces if you went to a death metal gig? So there seems to be, I would say, a, a variety of communities, uh, kind of communities around maybe, there's quite a healthy death metal, extreme death metal community, brutal death, slam death, there's a very healthy black metal scene in terms of the fact that there's always loads of people at black metal shows. 
doom metal been really big in Liverpool. Uh, you know, so what are we talking about here? Are we talking about the people who go to the crazy house that was, you know, and now it's electric warehouse? What do we mean by community? I think that's where things start to get a little bit more fragmented. And from the people I've interviewed for this project, they've suggested to me that it's quite rare that you get all them people together. It might, might come together occasionally. I'm thinking of things like, um, you know, Bloodstock Metal for the Masses final, for example, which always really well attended. Or else maybe when a major band comes into the city, like, like Slipknot a few years ago, where everyone comes together. But I'm not sure that on a regular basis that community comes together. So I think it's a really interesting I think, yeah, issue. I think there's an interesting definition to be made here is scene and community. Yeah. There is a scene, I think we can all agree that, there's, there's people at this particular event, you know, there's, there's been several events the last couple of days that I've seen. People. There, is a, there is a scene, there's no dispute in that, but I think that, that I think you're absolutely right. I think is there a community? Is there a group of people supporting each other? And possibly I would I would venture that maybe that isn't isn't the case. I'll I'll jump to something that, that JJ alluded to better at the beginning because I think it is important to to see it. to what degree is elitism sort of present within metal and within our, our community. I'm just interested as it being a band, Joe. What what where where does sort of elitism play? In? Is it is it is it a destructive force? It has to be right. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a very interesting question because within in the band then we have this this conversation quite a lot, um, especially when actually we've done a release and we have an interview and uh, we're maybe talking about our recording process and how how we write things. Um, so coming down to the technical side of it, there's a, a big divide between triggers and not triggers. We all know. And whether having full natural sound or anything that can actually help you improve the sound that you have. Um, so there's an elitism in that kind of sense. But when it comes to genre and genre specifics, though, um, I played a lot of different shows um, with a lot of different, a lot of huge variety of bands. Um, and one thing that my band personally we find difficult sometimes is you can't quite put us into a single specific genre. So you can't put us onto a genre specific show, which makes it a little bit difficult and quite frustrating as an act. Um, but then it's interesting if you go back if you go back to um, 2008 um, I know me me and Andy were invited by Ned to give a talk a couple of years back to some of his students in, in, in the university and I think it was I think it was you Andy who brought that up I can't even see it right? um, I think it was Andy that brought it up <laughs> hi Andy um, yeah it was Andy that brought it up it's a really interesting point um, Liverpool had a hub for alternative culture and had a hub, a hub for metal, which um, I don't know if any of you are old enough to remember Quiggins. Yeah. 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 Show of hands. Yeah, show of hands, The original Quiggins, not Grand Central, no. Um, and at the time, there was a big campaign to do with, you know, saying Quiggins, say our culture. I think I've still got a few of them stickers floating around in mind. And what was a, a really interesting point I brought up with this talk was back then, the, Kind of around there, but there was more of, more of a community, so there was more cross-genre shows, and there was a lot more people being accepting of cross-genre shows, um, mainly because there was a lot more bands and a lot more gigs, so everyone was was quite content and quite happy. Is it is it a statistics game when you when you're booking a show and now it's like, look, we have to make it as niche as we possibly can because we've got to nail that point, and any kind of if we bring a band that's maybe not entirely within that. That niche or that genre of your frame of that, and um, it reduces the kind of the impact that it gives. You know, if you do like a, a black metal show where you're doing a whatever show, if there's a kind of maybe just doesn't quite fit there, it reduces the potency of the gig. You know, hundred percent. But there's a there's a couple of different different perspectives that looking at that. Um, so I mean, as you guys know, obviously musicians are, but I've also been involved in in running gig venues and running. Um, lots of gigs themselves, whether it's through the venues that I worked in or in the past put it together. Um, so there's, as a musician, as a purist, I, having a, a band that sticks out like a sore thumb, it, it can be a detriment to my book as someone who needs to get bodies in a building 
you kind of like, they're going to follow him, yeah, and they're going to bring 20 people, yeah, right, stick them on the bill. Are they metal? Yeah, stick them on the bill. Is it tech deck? No, it's more slab and grind core, but um, just throw them on this side and see how it goes. It's all metal, it's all the same. Um, although, we know, it's, it's, it's really not. Um, <laughs> but there was, <coughs> in terms of the support and infrastructure for what there is in Liverpool for bands currently, um, I mean, as you know, that Andy has done fantastic stuff with the, the Metal the Massive, which in, I think it was 2014, I, I, we wouldn't know, we're not quite sure. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was one of the best things that we ever did, and that at the time, I think it was, it was in the low max at the time, um, which was, they were, they were good shows then. They were, they were really good shows. The bands that were playing the bills were absolutely incredible as well. Um, but there are still venues that are doing and trying to do a lot for metal music, so you, you know, you have, the likes of Zanzibar trying to do it. This when you do it, I know that Cancerbats played here not too long ago, the likes of UGBS, and maybe not maybe not the, the likes of the O2 anymore, but back back in the day there was a lot more metal shows going on there. Sure. Um, and it's always been difficult to try and attract the, the larger bands and the larger shows, which in turn help to develop the scene. So there's more metal going on, there's more people going to metal. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%. Um, so, yeah, if anyone's going to worry about the losing venues there to actually support that at the minute, then. Well, we're, yeah, we're in one, you know. It's we like very much There's in. two or three from the Stone Tree. I'm interested in, 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 from Amanda's point of view, from that, the sort of the rock society, and I think more like from an outsider's point of view, what what you think about the city itself as well, in terms of a structure for, for the creation of metal and the, the nutrition of metal, if you will. Definitely. Um, I will start by, before jumping right into elitism, um, just to be clear, I go to Liverpool University. I'm a PhD student in the music department. I study heavy metal, and I'm doing my PhD actually on rock society. So I'm looking at heavy metal youth groups in Liverpool, Manchester, Leeds. So I can sort of talk more about the North in general compared to America. If you didn't notice, I don't have a Scouse accent. I'm a Scouse at heart, though, believe me. Um, but I've been involved in the scene for the last five years, so sort of that's where all of my stances come either from academia or from being a younger fan. Um, but on this topic, um, I know way back when, um, one of the earliest books to sort of shed metal on a positive light is by Dina Weinstein, and she sort of said, your average metal fan is white, male, working class, heterosexual, um, sort of... Let me make sure I got all of them. Yes, I did. Um, so generally speaking, that's sort of been metal's dynamic for a very long time. So hence, as the only female on this panel and things like that, elitism can be a problem if you don't fully fit into all those categories. So for me personally, you know, in Boston, I didn't really feel as welcome in that scene as I do in Liverpool. I've had men follow me to my car. I've had a pit open up in front of me and no one grabbed me when clearly I was on my phone and you know things like that. I've had a lot of negative aggression for being a female at a gig and assuming I don't belong there or I'm just someone's girlfriend when, look, who's doing their PhD in metal? I don't, I don't think I need to prove myself anymore. Um, but anyway, I know, um, you know I see it as elitism can be problematic if it's sort of fringing on people's safety. You know, we all love metal, we all love the scene, that's why we're here and here to see our favorite bands play, but you know, no one should have to decide between safety of gigs and seeing a band that they wanna see. Um, and again, as someone who's at a university, you know, the rock socks I work with, there's almost more women right now, especially in leadership positions than men. Um, there's a lot of LGBTQ members of rock societies going to, member, or to metal gigs and you know, people from all over the world, different races as well, um, that we discuss in metal studies. So um, again, I can say from personal experience, yes, we need to work on our elitism, make sure you know it is a friendly and safe place that we boast it to be. But at the same time, I think since you know the early 60s to the 80s, you know, we have come a long way. I do think we've done <coughs> some great work and none of my negative experiences have ever been in Liverpool. So thanks to you all for being a more friendly scene than some others. I think that's uh, it's an interesting, I think it's a very interesting point about the safety of the gig and, and, and the openness to, to go to a show is, so the guy experiences some people have like anxiety issues and wouldn't want to go to a show on their own and, and, and such and things like that. And I think that's an interesting thing. I think we're talking about, yes, there is shows going on, why aren't people going? And we're maybe seeing it at a musical level. We 
talked about elitism, but there's also, like you say, the, uh, the elitism of sort of homophobia and racism and, uh, uh, and transphobia and things like that that have maybe come into a play. When I always thought, I don't know if everybody else would agree with this, I always thought that metal was one of those the most encompassing of all of all musics. I always thought that, you know, once we're all in the pit, you're getting smacked in the face no matter what you do, <laughs> you know. But then you're also getting picked up if you fall off on, on the floor as well. Um, for, for the that's I agree yeah. with you. It goes both ways. Like, I have some scholar friends who also wrote about women in the pit or what it's like to be a black woman going to metal gigs. And there's many books on queerness and heavy metal. So we are, like I said, it, it, it is very much a community. It's just unfortunate that you know that one to five percent of the time you know someone does have a negative experience and they just assume that's part of metal and yeah. you know it's good we're moving away from that and that people are more welcoming and sort of changing to agree with that but i agree with you we're all the same in the pit we're all there to see the same band so, yeah. <laughs> so i think we're one of, we're not going to solve everything this evening that's the kind of this was meant to always be a start starting point to kind of start these conversations Something like that, for example, really does need such a deep conversation, which we'll, we would get into. Uh, and I, I urge you all to start talking about that as well. But I'm interested then, that's like the sort of the larger concept stuff, elitism and things like that. What I'm really interested in is, do the, do the bands feel supported by kind of the city itself? So how, su how much support is being given towards Liverpool uh, culturally? By like the LIMF and Unscope uh, and stuff like that, and I think that's pizza. That's that's definitely something you must have a good opinion on. Yes, uh, I mean, I mean <clears throat> what I should say is from the outset, um, I'm probably the least metal person in the room. Um, <laughs> I'm not be black on so. I've got the lid Although I have got a black T-shirt on. That's the reason why you ask Carly. But um, the reason why I wanted to start the conversation with Andy tonight is because I recognise how much good stuff he does. And I also recognise, having been running a website for 13 years, how much good stuff's going on in the city. But I think there's so many issues around the metal community, or whatever you want to phrase it, the, the more interesting music within the city, which I think is hugely um, fragmented. I think this is down to elitism, people's time, money, energy, the lack of infrastructure on a huge scale. I think we've all seen the reports coming into the next election in the way that central government is basically treating Liverpool like the 80s again. And so all the council money is going on public service and everything else is an extra. So like the arts, all that type of thing that we all love and value, the music. But there is a huge but in all this. Um, I haven't been writing about music for 13, 14 years on getting to this. What I've noticed is that there are pockets of metal fans, whatever you want to term them, but I think the really important thing is to try and pull it all together into a conversation like this, because otherwise the perception from Liverpool Council, from Culture Liverpool, from the venues, from the promoters, is that it doesn't exist. And I can give you a few examples for that. Um, one massive, well, probably the biggest promoter in the city, I won't name him, but he runs the biggest student um, night in the city. I asked him to be on this panel tonight, and he gave a really lovely, long-winded answer, but essentially it was a no, because he didn't think metal exists in Liverpool anymore. And he has been involved for 30 years in the foundation of a really influential club in the 70s club night and to subsequently found probably the biggest metal club night or club in the northwest so that, there's a few clues but he didn't want to come tonight because metal doesn't really cater for anyone in this city similarly i asked um, a member of unesco the city of music board to be on this panel they said they didn't have the time but they'd asked someone from the Music Board, which I don't know whether you've been following, has been in existence now for about a year. And after an exchange of about 14 emails, they came back and said, sorry, no one's got the time or feels they have the knowledge or know-how to be on the panel. And I can understand that because you don't want to be on a panel like this and getting Q&A'd and bombarded. Why aren't you giving money to this? Why aren't you providing venues for this? But that gives you a little insight into the top tiers then you look at the festivals, 
We've got Linz, Liverpool International Music Festival. We've got bands like Carcass, Anathema, Conan, Dragged Into Sunlight. Bands are touring the world, playing tens of thousands of people. New bands like Video Nasties, Blah Di Blah, Death Blooms, Dawn Rage, you name it. They're pulling in crowds. They would never get a look in at Lymph because it doesn't take the right boxes. When I was asked to put um, bands on the Inter Liverpool stage for seven of the eight years, the bands that I put on were quite progressive. I put on harder bands, but not, let's say, metal bands, because I knew I'd be wasting my time there. You get 15, 20 minutes slot, you get 100 quid, and you're basically told, get off, that's that. So you put on more quick, easier turnaround bands, and that's the end of it. But, there's a big but to all this. I think it's all about perception. The people who have the power, the money, the influence, they don't think the, you guys, certainly everyone else, you know I exist because I shout my mouth off, but it needs people to regularly come together and say, this city does have these subcultures. And so when I was writing getting to this few, like, I don't know, about five years into doing it, we'd start covering the metal gigs and the reads on them were really consistently high. And so we started a metal column in about 2011 and it's one of our most read. If Ned was any good at social media, it'd be even better <laughs> But what I would say is, I wouldn't want to drop the metal column because it's an essential core backbone of what we provide. And I also think, not only does it provide a platform for Liverpool or North West people to read. We've got like Relapse Records and some of the other big ones following us on all the socials. And that shows that they consider our voice to kind of matter. Because if they didn't, they wouldn't even be showing any interest. And so what I was trying to do tonight with Andy, and I should say, Andy deserves a huge round of applause for his consistency in doing this. So thank you. I put on monthly gigs doing deep cuts, which is kind of like a better version of Jules Holland without Jules playing the piano. But it's like a raft of music, but it's so hard to do consistently one form of music because each month I'll run out of people who I want to get on and you think you're racking your brain. Andy's consistently putting on really good music. But I'll go back to my original point. I think perception is everything within the city. It's about trying to pull everyone together, no matter whether it's fucking grindcore, death metal, black metal, whatever. But I think those people who like that sphere of music need to shout more and get together more and keep this conversation going, because that's the only way the people who are going to provide money and infrastructure and also the promoters are going to see bums on seats. That's the only way it's going to gather a snowball, really. I couldn't agree more. Um, Ned, so, so how important is that the same for like our surrounding area? Is does Manchester suffering from these same issues, Wigan, wherever? Yeah. And how important is it that we work with them as well or not? We almost create ourselves as an angle. Well, I mean, I think we, we do. I mean, mo most of the most of the. I mean, Andy as a promoter has, has promoted stuff in Manchester, for example. A, a lot of the bands, it, these scenes are not sealed around the city of Liverpool. They 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 are by their very nature, trans-local, even, even transnational, you know, and, and if you look at, for example, some of the, the, the bands in, in, say, the Liverpool brutal death metal scene, they're, they're, they're integral to some of the stuff that's happening at a, at a national level, I think, if you, if you think of people like Joe Mortimer, who, who is, is very much involved with UK uh, Slamfest, for example, um, and, and, and that, I think that is a really good example of, of, of how we, we can work across, across the country. Uh, he gets some of the Liverpool-based bands onto that, you know, on, onto that stage at, um, I think it was at Temple of Boom in Leeds for a, for a while. Um, you know, partly because of, of, of the connections he's made. So, you know, Peter's absolutely right. Connections are, are really, really important. I mean, I think we, 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 we should make sure that we're not too city-centre focused. You know, I, I've seen some really nice little examples of 
within the, the Merseyside. I, I don't think we should forget about Wirral. You know, uh, I mean, there's been a thriving rock scene in, in Wirral for, for a long time. I mean, Stairways was one of the important rock clubs in, in this area. I, mean, I think that's where Sal started out. Sal Turner's in the audience tonight, and, and we shouldn't forget the, the massively important work she did with, with Whiplash Promotions, but they started life in Birkenhead. So I, I think we, we need to be really careful not to be too city-centered focused with this. I mean, and there's some really nice little examples. Um, Tank Bar in St. Helens have a really nice little relationship with, with one of the local bands there, Deified, I think. I think to the extent that they actually, um, <laughs> They get coach loads of people going from Tank Bar to watch Deified playing in different parts of, of, of the country. So those sorts of partnerships, I think, are, are really are really important. Yeah, I think I think partnership being the the key word. Like, so Jay, you you promote, right? You promote a show. How important then is the band working with you? You working with the, as a promoter with them, and then working with other promoters that have booked them because they'll be on a tour or a run. I mean, I think going back to, you know, when you know, Rob Zombie was on at Stairways or Faith No More or we were doing a lot of those bands. We're doing, even doing Fear Factory, Cold Chamber in the City and doing stuff out in North Wales and the Tivoli and stuff. Um, going back then, there was a lot more infrastructure support. I could, you know, Fear Factory, classic example, I could go to Roadrunner Records and I could say, what are you doing with the album? And they'd say, we're taking a full-page advert in Kerrang. We're, taking, we're doing something with Headbangers Ball and MTV. And they'd say, give us a bit of money, you can get on the adverts. There was a lot more infrastructure behind the bands to get a lot more support, media, press, TV, which certainly helped. You know, it really did help. But I want to touch on, on, a, on a subject that, sure. that Pete brought up before. The bottom line is what with what we do, and, and this kind of looking to other people to support us, fuck them, they're never going in. I lost money, I put Fear Factory on fucking six times, lost a fortune, and then suddenly Replica comes out, boom, I make money. I lost money all the time, Joe lost money, Andy's <laughs> lost money. If you don't do it yourself, where we are, we, we are a little bit, it sounds a bit arrogant and aggressive, I don't mean it to be, it's not, but I never looked out, because every time I tried to look out, nobody gave us any fucking help. You know, lymph, fuck lymph. You know what I mean? I'm gonna fucking say this shit because they get on so my nerves. I really enjoyed this, this, this conference. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, they never supported us. I've never seen a great metal band down at Sound City. I've never I, seen that, any a, of. And I'd love to see this fact, panel at Sound City. That's a fact, by the way. And I'd love to see people address it. And to be honest with you, nobody is ever ever gonna support us. That that's the truth. That is the absolute bottom line. You're gonna lose money. It costs a fortune. I've lost a fortune and I've made a fortune. Just Do you think the problem is, or not problem, what, why do you think someone, I, I agree with you on the limb front, fuck them, but regarding Sound City, I think Sound City would be open to the idea of having more of a rock metal audience. Why do you, and obviously, yeah, they, how, they've how changed do their, yeah, how do you go about changing that? that? Because obviously move? they've moved more and more away from, in my opinion, more of an alternative lineup over the years. They've had like yeah. Chrome Hoof, they've had Deer Hunter, they've had Swans, remember? Swans yeah. aren't exactly pop. And so, but obviously they're moving towards more like your Royal Karma and then they've just announced Pale Waves and it's very clean XFM stuff. So how do you, branded. Well, yeah, but what I'm trying to say is how do you move towards the conversation changing for them? What would you say about that? Sponsorship and branding is what it's all about, you know. And if you go look behind the bar here and look at all the brands that are behind the bar, Fireball, I got a thousand pounds off Fireball to put bands on. You know what I mean? I got money off Piston Head Larder, I got money off Clover and Hoof Rum. It's about sponsors, it's about going to branded companies and saying, will you support this? Will you help me? And almost underwrite it. Will you do get involved? And if you did, we went, and Joe went, and we all went to these companies and said, Will you help us on to write something, a stage at Sound City? They'd go, Yeah, we're in for that. Who have you got? And, and that's where it's got to be, so you've got to open the door. Well, that's a good conversation because getting to this is working closer with Sound City this year, so maybe after this panel we can have another. That's, that's the way we could actually change it. Present the options. And say that we've got an audience. Yeah. And then we could get maybe yeah. like 
There'll be tons of stuff. I can't see very well, so man, it's back ready. Actually, got a question. <laughs> sure. You're not allowed to ask anything. Yeah. <laughs> but ask away. It's, it's, it's an interesting anecdote. I like the dichotomy between um, uh, someone saying there's no support and someone saying that there is potentially some support. I'm in a metal band. Um, we've done loads of shows around the UK. Liverpool's pretty much always sucked. This time last year, we, um, we asked for funding for the, from the Merseyside Arts Council. Uh, Arts Foundation, sorry, uh, because I got tipped off from a friend of mine who does pop music, and they got like, a huge grant. Uh, so I had a meeting with a guy, and they were they were really really interested because they were saying no metal bands ever approached us, but it's something we really wanted to what, do. What were the objections? There were there were different um, criteria, and we hit almost all of them except one, which was radio play. And then they, so they said if you come up if you come up to us, you know, a few months down the line, and you have more radio plays from the CP that we launch, then we can potentially get a bit of funding, and then you work up an increment. It didn't come from something like Spotify, the radio play. No, no, yeah. It's from the runs that scheme. It's a really valuable scheme. Yeah. One of the few in the country that actually runs that with PRS. They do a fantastic job. Yeah. I mean, I got told this from someone who did pop music. Uh, no metal band had ever had any idea about any of this, uh, for example. We were the, we were the so you passed every other criteria, bother. Uh, there was some benefits, there was, yeah, so there was like uh, six criteria, and so we mm -hmm. needed to hit at least like three of them or something. We, we had almost, we excelled in some, not so much in others. We were really right down the middle, there was just one that were like, if you get this, that's realistic. Yeah, it's quite, quite interesting that you say there's no support, which I kind of agree. Um, but there is also yeah, more I, I, think the, I think taking up on JJ's thing, I do think there is an element where you go fucking but I think in this day and age you can't quite do that because you have to play them at your own their own game. Sometimes you do have to do necessary box ticking let, and let try and work that, yeah, try and work alongside them for your own well, do, you not, do you not think it comes back to think what Key was saying in some of his words? Yeah. So totally. You kinda of think introvert you think everyone fucking hates it there's nothing there for us, but actually good at luck. I've been to some, some like I did uh, some stage managing last year for Ronkas on one of the stages, and there's one band in particular, Heck, who was insanely heavy. The room was packed, absolutely packed, and there's an interesting, interesting sort of dynamic between the crossover between the metal community and the I don't know regular folks. Um, but sometimes when they're introduced to regular regular folk, when you know when they watch something as visceral as metal and they don't really get it and they see it live the first time, they're like, still don't get it. But it's really good. So yeah. it kind of it kind of just to approach, back to, to approach back to the question that I did pose before. If Limp did have a have a stage for metal, but then you knew the rest of it is going to be pop the crap full of kids, would you go? But the metal bit, yeah. Only if we could sort of just pay for the metal bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then that's musical as well, so all could be yeah. back. It's not the TV and two introverts. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, I, there's two very interesting trains running both alongside there. One is like, okay, what are the rules so we can help that progress to where it needs to be? And I'd be interested in what we may be able to do with that. And, and like I say, Joe says, is that musical elitism as well? It's like, look, if we can do, if we can make a festival happen on one day's metal and one day's pop, shouldn't we get in bed and, and should we make that happen? And we'll just we'll, we'll keep them separate so it's because a different style of music and should be operated differently. I think realistically, yeah. even just getting your foot in the door is a good yeah. thing at this stage. Yeah. So, Paul, Paul. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, uh, you can call it, you can call them whatever music genre you want. But the fact is, like, popular music is just popular music. Yeah. You know, people want to go and see, you know? Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to do that. Yeah. There's an interesting thing with, with uh, European festivals I was talking to someone before about about the you go to European festivals and they're like folk singer, then a uh, dance type of band, then a metal band. There's, they don't really care. They're just like because it's popular. Exactly. Yeah. These are really good. Everybody likes them, that's, and that's, that's the end of the story. That's the thing. That's the issue with metal as well because it's not just you know, whatever you're the genre. It's pop music. It's R and B. It's this metal. Is this 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 and this and this. Yeah. We're kind of proud of the fact that it's yeah, of course, but people outside that will never understand because there's so many elements of it that it's never going to make sense. Is is the difficulty therein then? If, if those people are never going to understand, it's our job to at least, like Peter says, get off footage or try. At least if you don't accept, to at least understand. Absolutely. I mean, look at look at look at where Cream is the biggest enterprise ever to come out of the city. Everyone talks about the Beatles. Cream shits all over the Beatles when it comes to in terms of money, in terms of what it's done all around the world. It has about twenty festivals every year, all over the globe, sells out. Barton's like one of the most influential people in modern music. He's right top tier. People in dance music don't go to Creamfields just for drum and bass. 
They go for everything that's in between, and it sells out every year consistently. Often and before so, the announced people. Often, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, the, the and I, I think if metal was in this city to take a small step and all pull together, then you would have more of a chance of alerting people at length and culture. What, what, what's, what's the small step then? I think things like this, and I think also, I think without being critical of any individual bands, I do think the bands on the second tier who are getting noticed by labels, getting tour support, I think if they regularly club together, say one, once every three months, say, and did a night, and got that ball rolling, you know the way, like, I, I, obviously I deal with more sort of like, and I hate this word, but they're not indie bands, but a lot of people would say it's indie. You'll see bands within Liverpool who are more traditional guitar bands, doing regular nights, and they gather momentum, and then they get noticed by people outside the city, labels, management. That's not how Right, okay. Actually, because you have to, if you're on that second tier, if you're on that middle tier, you have to go and talk, you wear an Asian shirt, you're on a schedule as young as time, and you're like, you know, you're happy because you have to be selfish. So, like, it's, it's just, it's just a complete catch-22 in terms of that, you know? I have a response as well, too, especially what Peter just said about, like, sort of the second-level fringe bands. I know, um, either last year, the year before, the Ominous, one of our local bands, tried to do that. They tried to do this monthly metal night and have new gigs and I know they were coming to me as president of Rockstock like oh Amanda can you get Rockstock to come they gave us a discount and it was on a Friday and you know like we never sent more than maybe three people like small groups of people who would go and have free time and I think um, sort of if we want to improve our own scene we need to make sure we're out supporting those things whenever possible so that they can live on and you know, if they're not working with our schedule or, you know, like that sort of feedback to keep it going that people are interested and whether it's, you know, like actually going to gigs, actually paying for them and, you know, clearing your calendar. I, I feel like it, it really comes down to money, especially with things like festivals and heritage sites. You know, the Beatles bring money, you know, <laughs> Little Mix brings money. That's why, you know, those are, you know, what I believe the Sound City's headliners for one of the shows last year. But again, it's like if we can't prove that on a three-band gig night that you know money came in, all these people went, it was sold out. You know, it's going to look to people who already don't care about metal like nothing's happening. So I think it's more. Um, I don't know. I don't have a solution, but I do know there are people who are trying to do that. Yeah. yeah. I think I've, I've got, I think we've got time for one more. I'll take her over there. The guys over there. Yeah, they've been out there forever. Yeah. yeah, please. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, growing up you know, back in the. Mid, uh, early mid 2000s, going to metal gigs, so there's always like a wide variety of uh, venues. You have the mask, you've got, still got the Zanzibar, all loads of other places, but it seems it's slowly diminishing more and more. Do, do, do you guys have any. Is everybody, is everybody feel that way about venues? Yeah. It, it, yeah. I think we've all seen like the headlines of various famous places closing recently all over the, all over the country. Is that, do you think that's a very chief? Yeah. 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 I, I disagree with that, I'll be honest. And then, then switch to only opening in the evening as well, like it has to kind of change its sort of uh, open hours, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think this venue specifically, it offers more than just music. So I think it's made to say it's changed to opening hours just to do the fact that people aren't coming to shows, it's not necessarily the same the same thing. But then, you know, you look at the wires, which is now outposted, actually a lot of metal shows in there. I know that we actually haven't mentioned that today. Uh, but earlier this year, I went and played a show with Joe Mortimer, um, who, if you not even know, is a man with reputation, yeah. uh, slam as fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, and he, you know, as a as someone, you know, he, he's the guy that should be on the stage. But I know he's a he's a machine tonight. Yeah. Otherwise, he would he would have definitely been here. Um, but there is, yeah, there is definitely news. Uh, oh, anathema. Oh, anathema. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the outpost yeah. has been open now a year. They celebrated a year yeah. there for them. There's other places like You just can't have venues that are genre specific. I mean, even Jeeves has metal bands, outpost here does, O2's has. I mean, it's just. I think it's, I think it's more about audience and things like that. But it's been, yeah, it's in the booking policy. But if, if, if this entire, this, this what we're doing right now, if the result of this, people go to one extra gig. You know, there's a way back to our balls in Birmingham there, so... But even um, uh, North Shore as well, so I know Lynn's was spot on that show as well. Um, so, whilst there is, and there is a bit of a, probably a huge downside, but there's also people 
like the guys who are next in the world and sort of progressing forward in not just in, in genre specific but across the board. I'll be giving the wind out now, and we knew we'd go to get this, but we wouldn't be able to speak to. I want to speak to all these people for a lot longer. Can I say that just out by the way? If somebody wants to come on to do a festival in Lyft, they had money. They should have come to me. I had to give them the money. I had the money. I've just, I've just done, done a new business, put a million pound into it. So they should have come to me. Thank you. Listen, I, I'll, I'll give the last thing to Pete because he did put it together. If there's anything you want to wrap up with Pete, feel free, otherwise I'm happy. No, no. Okay, yeah. listen. Go to JJ and get a festival. Well, it seems to be going to the JJ. But I think that one of the things, I've, I just promise yourself this, don't promise me or the, or the panel at all, that we're at the beginning of this month, go to an extra show this month that you weren't planning to go to. Most shows aren't that much to get into. Go to an extra show. Speak to the people on this very panel, speak to the people at that, that show you go to and explain to your point, explain why we're going to work together and we're going to do this. We've pulled a ton of problems, but you know, we've recognised those problems and I reckon we can have a pretty good go of fixing them, if not better, and start creating a scene that we love so much and making it, you know. We'll try and do one of these next year. I think so, I think we're trying to get to these with some regularity, because I think it's important. Uh, you don't talk about something that probably will never get solved. Um, on that topic too, it's very much up in the air with no specific deadlines, but I know Ned and I are trying to get more of an academic presence and bring some metal scholars here. And I know Andy has talked about having even more gigs, if not maybe wink wink a festival. So maybe JJ, you and Andy should bring us a festival and we'll bring the metal scholars and the rock talk and everyone else to show up. Um, <laughs> but I think um, again, we're aware of the problem. <laughs> You know, I think everyone here really values the scene. We appreciate it. We love being a part of it, and we want to make it better. I don't think we're here being like, "Oh, the scene's terrible." I think we all very much want to be an active part of just giving it more of an infrastructure that it needs. I think. I think the, the fantastic thing is they're all metal scholars, apparently. <laughs> Uh, that's, uh, we're in good hands, we're in safe hands. Thank you for sitting and, and listening to this. I hope it's been slightly instructive. I know you've got some more points to go away and try and sort of look at. Like, thanks to all the panel. Uh, deeply gratifying for having them on board. And thanks for everybody attending. Thank you very much. So, what do you think? What do you think? Worth doing? Interesting? Load of shit? Didn't get anything, got a lot, got some, got most. How, how bad is the recording? It's fucking awful, okay? What do you think? Let's talk, let's have a conversation about this. Let's start exploring what we can do. Let's maybe get a conference sorted up even quicker than we think. Who do I need to speak to? Who should be on the panel? What the fuck should we be talking about? How should we actually do things? How should we actually move forward? It's all down to us. It's all down to us and, and keeping our scene alive. Is it as simple as simply just going to fucking more shows and buying merch? Is it as simple as that? Is it a bit more deeper? Do we have to ingrain stuff, look at the council, look at the people that support the actual community? I don't know. Well, I have pretty good ideas where it's going with us, but I want to hear yours too. Please message, like, subscribe, all that other bullshit that these type of things have. You know, whatever method you can... Get that information to me. Let's start a discourse. Let's start a conversation about it. Once again, thanks for listening. I'll see you at the show.